Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Monday, July 24th. Senator Tim Scott is having quite a moment on the campaign trail right now. We saw some polling over the weekend that showed him third in places like Iowa, and he's been slowly but steadily creeping up on Governor Ron DeSantis in these early states. Now, Scott obviously has one of the highest favorability ratings of any of the Republicans in the race right now. He has rounded out his campaign with a massive war chest that is already spending millions of dollars sort of blaring his personal story out to voters and TV advertisements across the nation. But one problem for him, his campaign rivals have not only noticed, but they're starting to get a little green. We have a top in playbook this morning about rival campaigns and outside entities associated with them pitching oppo on Tim Scott. They are collecting a number of stories that they think are going to make him look bad, pitching them to reporters, and just sort of gearing up to try to halt his momentum. I do think it's noteworthy because it shows how much of a threat Scott actually is to a lot of these other Republicans vying for the nomination. And it's also interesting to me that none of them would go on record. I think it says something about this calculation they're making right now about potential blowback if they attack the guy who's clearly the Mr. Congeniality of the 2024 field. So what exactly are Scott's rivals pitching on him? There's a couple of things. Number one, they're saying he's weak on foreign policy. Uh, they noted that a couple of weeks ago at the Christian Family Leadership Summit in Iowa, which was hosted by Tucker Carlson, he actually received a lot of criticism from some Republicans for dodging questions about whether he would deport illegal immigrants and whether he supports cluster bombs for Ukraine. His rivals will also point out that, you know, since he's been in Congress, he's only served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for one year, whereas, you know, Donald Trump has been president, Mike Pence has been vice president, and Nikki Haley has been ambassador to the U.N. Now, Scott has been on the Senate Banking Committee. He's a ranking Republican there right now. And the Banking Committee, while it might not seem obvious at first, they do deal with tariffs and sanctions. So they will argue back that he does have foreign policy chops. His rivals are also going to be attacking him for saying he's soft on crime. Scott has obviously been a champion of criminal justice reform and policing overhauls. Specifically, some of his critics have flagged for me a CNN K-file story that suggested Scott actually embraced, quote, defunding the police before he blasted Democrats for doing just that. And specifically, they talk about how Scott proposed a bill a while ago that would cut police department funding if they didn't get rid of things like chokeholds in police departments. And then lastly, there is a really old 30-year-old story that Scott's rivals have been sort of sending around. And that is a story that quotes Scott suggesting that the Republican Party is racist. This might surprise you. I mean, Scott on the campaign trail talks often about how America is not a racist country and that how he is proof that somebody who grew up in a poor, segregated area of the country can go on to achieve great heights, becoming a U.S. senator. Now, Scott's campaign is pushing back on this quote on this 30-year-old story that is being circulated. They're saying that he doesn't remember saying the Republican Party was racist and that he remembers the interview being about perceptions of the Republican Party, not specifically what he believes about the party. 
On Capitol Hill this week, the House is going to begin taking up some appropriations bills. Now, you'll remember Speaker Kevin McCarthy promised that they would pass all 12 of them this year as part of his bid to get the gavel. That is a really difficult feat. I don't think I've ever seen that since I came to Washington. Well, this week is going to be sort of a first test. Republicans are supposed to take up some pretty easy appropriations bills that actually have passed the chamber in the past few years. That is military construction and the VA, as well as the agriculture department spending bill. Now, the interesting thing about that is these are not necessarily guaranteed to pass. Some conservatives who want commitments to lower spending levels on other appropriations bills have basically vowed to hold up and block consideration of any spending bills until they get a commitment from leadership on a lower number. So we'll see if McCarthy can sort of wriggle out of this and get some of those appropriations bills going. Now, if he can't, that is a really bad sign that Republicans are not going to be able to pass all 12 appropriations bills. These are basically the low-hanging fruit easy spending bills that should be able to clear the chamber pretty readily. In the upper chamber, senators are going to be working on the NDAA this week, so expect more headlines on that. On Wednesday, the Senate is also going to be having its third briefing on AI, so we'll be covering that closely. And then, of course, the campaign trail is going to be hopping. I think one of the top things people are watching this week is Governor Ron DeSantis, who is going to be out on a bus tour with Never Back Down, his outside super PAC, This obviously comes as DeSantis and his whole campaign are in the midst of turmoil. For more headlines and playbook, visit politico.com slash playbook. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.